feel like it's the calm before the storm, but then when I say the storm, it might make you think that this is like a fire and brimstone type of message, but I wouldn't say that. Don't get scared or anything like that. Um, what was that? I haven't heard one of those here, but there's little like challenges and pushes and stuff like that, and we should listen to those, listen out for those. But anyway, I'll get into it, hey? I have this bad habit, personally me, hello, what's this, confession time, here you go, confession time, of what can only be described as selective hearing, and I know that, here we go, I just heard an ah from Karen, of course it came from the one that I love most. And I know that I've, sorry kids, and I know that I've been in many a conversation with others who have shared a very similar truth. And whilst I say it's not a good thing, and I don't encourage it or I don't condone it, Karen's waiting for like the terms and conditions apply or the catch, the hook. Being attentive to your surroundings is extremely vital, it's vital but it doesn't account for all the times that I haven't heard something. This is like, <laughs> it's true, is it true? It doesn't account for all the times. It's good, I'm getting some support at least for now. It doesn't account for all the times I haven't heard something said because at times I think we're, we're all maybe guilty of this. You can be in the middle of reading something, you're engrossed in it, you're absorbing the material. It could be just watching a video or something. Processing some sort of internal thoughts because they come thick and fast and just simply not be aware of another sound that's going on, be it a conversation or someone's voice. But the reality is this selective hearing, so I researched, I researched, not to add weight to my argument at all, but just to see what was going on here, is as follows. I hear Barry laughing as well. Here we go. It can be misunderstood. It can be misunderstood. Okay, Karen? It can be misunderstood. We regularly use the term selective hearing or listening as a negative. This idea of selective hearing as being a negative thing, implying that a person only hears what they feel like hearing. There's probably a little bit of truth in that anyway. We get used to the frequency maybe of a partner's voice or a person we're around all the time and then we seemingly start to tune them out. It doesn't sound good, does it? Sounds like a choice to me. Wait, wait, hold that word. So in that sense, accusing someone of having selective hearing can be especially harsh and even offensive. So there's a careful factor. But, but, there's the but, because I had eyebrows raised again. The reality is what appears to be a blatant sign of disrespect may have innocent explanations. Stay with me. This isn't a loophole to not listening to people, okay? This isn't an excuse for tuning people out. However, it turns out some people who appear only to hear what they want to hear do, in fact, at times have a legitimate justification for doing so. And thanks to the wonders of increased scientific attention, and we'll go to the scientists now, paid to this thing called selective hearing, today we know more about what selective hearing actually is and how it works. So let's have a look at what we're actually dealing with. If, and I think we all have it, from what I looked at, we all have it in some form. If you have selective hearing, what you can do is you can focus and listen to a single speaker, even in a noisy environment. Essentially, when you focus on a single person whilst in a crowded or loud environment, you tune out 
the other noise, the other speakers, the other words, and all those other sounds. And this tuning out of sounds is an integral part of our brain's functionality. In that sense, very important part of our brain. But here's the catch. Unlike when you deliberately or repeatedly, unintentionally, whatever it looks like, but deliberately decide to ignore someone, selective hearing is usually an unconscious process that kicks in when trying to focus specifically on a sound or a specific speaker's words. It's a brain function that goes, I'm locking in here. I've got you. I can hear it. A perfect example of this phenomenon is when you're in a deep conversation with someone or you're taking in some sort of alternate media, your brain begins to block out other people or sounds because of that singular focus on that person or that source of content. And I'm only repeating myself at this point. So people that have journeyed with us over the last few years and that, I'm only repeating myself at this point in highlighting the reality that this world is indeed cluttered, it is full of noise, it is loud, it is busy. So we're surrounded with so much sensory overload. We're constantly bombarded with images, sounds and information by the minute. Selective hearing is a brain tool to ease the burden on our brain and to avoid overload. But listen carefully now. Here's, here's the important, we're getting towards the important stuff. Selective hearing allows us to, what was the word you said before, Karen? Sounds like a choice. Selective hearing allows us to choose. We still have a brain to use, right? It allows us to choose which sensory experience to process at any given moment and which ones to leave out. It's a powerful tool in some cases, but a power that requires us, and I sound very, if you've watched Spider-Man movies, maybe, requires great responsibility. You'll know what I mean by that. It's a powerful tool, but in some cases, it's a power that requires us to be intentional and thoughtful in how it's actually used to when we go to that space of selective hearing. So the question for us is, what are we choosing to listen to what are we choosing to focus on? Where is our attention placed in blocking out all the noise? And if we can answer that, then we will get an insight into actually what our priorities are and realise what we are choosing in our life, what we're choosing to listen to, what we're choosing to be influenced by. So let's have a look at, I'll get Ash to bring up Isaiah 40. When you go to Isaiah 40, if you hear Isaiah, what, what scripture? Does there, is there a scripture that comes to mind? Have you heard the Rise on Wings of Eagles one? That is the one. So there you go. Isaiah 40, starting at verse 21, we're going through the verse 31. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been told to you from the beginning? Have you not understood since the earth was founded? He sits enthroned above the circle of the earth, and its people are like grasshoppers. He stretches out the heavens like a canopy, and spreads them out like a tent to live in. He brings princes to naught and reduces the rulers of this world to nothing. No sooner are they planted, no sooner are they sown. No sooner do they take root in the ground than he blows on them and they wither. And a whirlwind sweeps them away like chaff. To whom will you compare me? Or who is my equal, says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. 
Who created all these? He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls forth each of them by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. Why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord? My cause is disregarded by my God. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. So what are we looking at here? The chapters that are actually following, the chapters following Isaiah 40 address a tired, a weary people. I'm talking about the Israelites, who likely had some trouble imagining a new future. Why? Because they're struggling, because they've been captured and they've been taken away from their homeland. And so at the beginning of Isaiah 40, the call goes out. They demand of God, they're going to God in this moment. They demand of God that he provide comfort to the people of Israel who have been exiled from their homeland and also for a desert highway to be built for their return. Make it easy for us, Lord. Take us out of this place. Fix our problems. Take us home. They wanted a way out of their current bad situation and how often... We can see similarities already between the biblical story and our lives now. How often do we take those requests to God, those types of requests? And I'm guessing we do that probably more than the thank you ones. He wants to hear it all. He wants to be a part of every situation in our life. When we look at this scripture from Isaiah, we get asked four questions right away. And it's questions that point us to reflection on how we view God. And it says right at the top from verse 21, do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been told to you from the beginning? Have you not understood since the earth was founded? And in this instance, we aren't provided any answers as as such, and I think it's deliberate. But I get this sense that the Israelite people had been told some things by God or through Moses from God, even that they hadn't taken in fully. Maybe some selective hearing as such was coming into play because they were maybe not focused on the right things. But now they're in trouble. Now they're in a bit of a spot of bother. So the direction of focus is shifting back to God to save them, and we know, yet again. We aren't directly told who God is in this moment or what he has done for us here. Rather, we are drawn into a space of thinking about who God is to us and we should take ourselves to that moment quite regularly. God, who who are you to me? Because I think that will impact where we go with our relationship with him. Are we listening to God? We are drawn into that space of focused listening out for our God. What and who is God? To the world, what and who is God to ourselves, to you? 
where does God sit regarding all creation since the beginning of time, is really being asked in these four questions. But God has been speaking to us since he spoke creation into being. And if we focus our listening, lean in. God is still speaking today. Do we believe that? God is still speaking today? I hope you do. But if not, start asking, what's, what's happening there? God is still speaking today. God is always speaking. And this came up in our January Whisper study as well. So over the last four weeks, if you were here. So the question is, are you leaning in to hear what God is saying? Are we leaning in to hear God speak to us? And at verse 28, we see that the first two questions that are in verse 21 are then actually repeated. And this is where biblically quite often that we're told when studying the Bible, if something's repeated, take some special attention to that because there's something in it, something extra there. So these two questions, the first two questions are repeated in verse 28. And it says, do you not know? Have you not heard? but then it takes on a little bit of a change. In this instance, the flow on that we are given is different and we're delivered a statement instead. It says in verse 28, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. We're actually getting some, here's the answer. You should already know this, but I'm telling you now, he will not grow tired or weary. Our God will not grow tired or weary and his understanding no one can fathom, understand. If we are to understand any part of the unfathomable, that's a fun word, wonder of God and all that he has created, then we need to listen to him for the answers. We need to select, we need to make a choice, we need to choose to listen for the voice of God. It's not always audible, just a bit of a clue there. Sometimes it's through what we can take in in other forms. But we can't filter him out. We can't filter him out. And our choice to listen or not tells us everything we need to know about our, where our relationship is with him, where our faith is at and where our strength comes from. Because here it is again, we live in a world buying for our attention. Why? Because if the world gets our attention, and there will be repeated message because the Bible repeats as well to drive it home to us, Because if the world gets our attention, then God doesn't. Seems simple. I think we miss that fact so often because of everything that's pulling at us. Everyone wants to be recognised, right? Everyone wants to be understood, but for many, what that does, what that does to us, it takes us on this need to attain self-power. It takes us on this need to attain status, Or even simply, it takes us on this path of self-worth journey of like, I'm not getting any appreciation or I just love to be, it takes us down all sorts of dangerous paths. When we know that our God loves us, it's about self. And at that point, if we go down those paths of self-power, status, even just general appreciation out of the wrong, wrong mindset, it becomes a selfish thing. And at that point, you are operating at the expense of knowing God for yourself intimately. Satan doesn't need relationship with you. He just doesn't. He doesn't care whether he has a relationship with you or not. 
However, he just needs you to be so distracted that you don't have a relationship with God. One wants relationship. The other one just wants to put a wedge in the place. The choice to be in a relationship with God or with the world lies with us. Choice. So we have to ask, what are we listening to? Whose voice is impacting us the strongest? What are we selecting to be the focus of our attention? Right here, right now. When we go home. When we're going about our business during the week. What are we selecting to be the focus of our attention? Do you hear God when things aren't going right? Quite often the opposite is we're going to God because we're just looking for a solution. But do you hear God when things are cruisy and going well? Usually at that time we're just, we're fine. Don't need God. Not true. Are we hearing God? Because God is speaking. The opposite, Satan is happy with, you've heard me say it before, with this one degree. This one moment when we lose focus from our relationship with God. And we clearly know that evil exists far greater than that one degree because we, we see it. Our, the way things have gone with technology, we see everything instantly and in full detail. There's abundant trouble and torment across our whole world. It's, it's sad. Yes, there's some good, but there's a lot of evil as well. Our technology and reporting of world events has come so far that we see the true devastation that the world holds between cultural groups, between governments, within people, humans trying to gain power over each other. We just see even in simple things like social media type things where people are putting themselves out there, just this unhealthy need to just be seen. For what reason? We see it in business. We see it in daily stories of communities that are struggling in many varied ways, all within seconds. So much noise. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Focus our listening. Selectively hear, selective hear the call of God and use his voice as the filter for all the other garbage that this world is filtering our way. Because it is a choice. To choose God is to choose hope and to put your faith in the strength of God in and over your life because God never tires on having relationship with us. So maybe you miss everything that is pulling at us. We just need to actually go on the counterattack. Maybe we've just been passive for too long and that puts us in a space of actually even being active enough to realise the times when we're separating ourselves from God, even that one degree. Maybe what we need to do is actually go on the counterattack. And work at moving one degree closer to God each day, pushing against the things that are actually trying to move us away, including things like our comfortability. Because that's one of the biggest traps. 
We take, we make too many things our comfort or answer in times of trouble and in general life, but all we are doing in relegating God to the sidelines of our lives and then we go and blame him whenever anything goes wrong in our lives at times. But in, who's separated from who? We have to look at it. At, at times we might feel like God's disappeared, but when, when did this start? When did I accidentally find that degree of separation and look how far things have gone? God's not guilt-tripping you in this moment. God has grace and mercy over all moments. Come back to God who is there at all times, who wants relationship with you. We have the choice to intentionally move closer to God or not. This leaning in, listening in a focused way and seeking after the voice of God within our life. In the audible, in the visible, in the tactile, what we can touch and feel, God speaks. So intentionally, selectively listen for it. In verses 25 to 27, the Israelites' dispute follows on ongoing cycle of events for them. They blame God rather than rely on God because their focus has moved away from God daily. And you see that time and time again. Their complaints accuse God of not seeing them, looking past them, and disregarding them, all somewhat quite selfish accusations, then practically turning to God, having a moment to look and go, where have I been in this relationship? What part have I played? It happens time and time again for the Israelite community because it's all over the Old Testament, this truth of this, which we can in some ways take comfort in because our God is still there to say, I welcome you home. Because how often do we do the same thing? Psalm 78 begins with the words, and this is just another portion of scripture that just highlights the, the, the cycle of what these Israelites are on. It says, my people hear my teaching. Listen to the words of my mouth. God is actually asking them, just listen to me. Hear my voice. And goes on to remind them of all the times God provided for Israel, even though they continue to sin against God regularly. He mentions Egypt and bringing them out of slavery and helping them against all their foes in the region. There's lots of different accounts. And how ultimately God used David to take Israel back to new strengths due to his closeness to listening to the voice and direction of God over him. It's about closeness and relationship with him. Israel thought they knew better. Possible. Israel, they thought they knew better. Or maybe they just strayed from God and being disciplined in their faith, just that one degree at a time, to the point that the degrees of separation had reached 180 degrees and they were going in the complete opposite direction to that of God's leading. We know when we read our Bibles that they started worshipping other gods and all sorts of things were going on. Perhaps in their mind, when things weren't going so well, they assumed that another God had their best interests at heart and would sustain them into the future. But for us, the hindsight is that's not true. The repeated cycle of the Israelites is this. 
God speaks to them directly. It's laid out that to listen to God draws them closer to God and the blessings that come with that. But to move away from God, from his instructions, will lead to a separation from God. And when we're separated from God, all number of troubles come with that. They generally start well. They're like, oh yeah, cool, great. We'll listen to God and things are going well for them. But inevitably they fail to listen and move away from God. We have to ask ourselves whether that sounds familiar for us as well. This cycle is clearly timeless because it's still happening today. At some level it is still happening today. This morning... I encourage us to get off the merry-go-round. Get off. It's the most boring ride at the show. Anyway, it's like if you want to go in circles, just go, just turn. Slower than that, you get dizzy. But it's time to get off the merry-go-round. What I'm saying is our cycle of destruction, people, and start walking with God. There is a destination. It's not just... Keep going in circles. We won't hear from God if we aren't prepared to listen. We won't hear from anybody if we're not prepared to listen to them. Because listening is a choice. We might be hearing this, but are we really listening? And this is something we kind of touched on a little bit in the whisper study. It's one thing to hear someone, but it's a whole other thing to listen. You can hear a lot of noise, but are we tuned in? Are we listening? Are we taking it in? And God responds to the Israelites' complaints here in verse 25 and 26. It says, To whom will you compare me? Or who is my equal? Says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all of these? He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls forth each of them by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. And this is a direct claim to Israel of God's divine authority and claim as their God, but also as God over all creation. And when we believe in our God as being the creator and the God of all things, the ultimate authority, this isn't a selfish comment by God. This is an accurate statement by our God. And again, a word from God that we can claim as divine word to our ears today if we choose to go past hearing it, but to actually choose to listen to it. The human cycle of destruction becomes obvious when you start to read through Scripture and actually then let it speak to you. Because it is when things begin to coast and go okay that humans seem to think that God becomes dispensable, whether it's intentional or not. At some point, there is, it can happen. I'm good. I've got this. Life's going well. I'm a good person. We relax on our relationship with God because our lives seem to be this sense of good. And that is the moment when we start to fade and move away from God. And then lo and behold, the problems happen. And instead of calling out to God for our continuing closeness, we may call out to God. But in many cases, we can go to the space of blaming God or questioning why any of this happened in the first place. But it is us who has moved away. But we have to blame someone, right? Have to blame someone, though. It's got to be someone's fault. It's very difficult to point the finger at ourselves 
It's, I remember being told once, like when you're pointing like that, there's a few pointing back at you. So just be mindful. Can't point the finger at ourselves because that would be too confronting, right? The Israelites did it and we still do it today. God is present every moment of every day. It takes daily intentional steps that form habits leading to closeness of relationship with him. It's like any other relationship you want to have, it takes work, it takes intentionality. But we can't relegate God to, to the position of problem solver and that's it. And then ignore the relationship when life is going well. Our selective hearing will indicate to us where our focus is. It can be helpful, but it can also indicate a massive problem. We have a choice to make. And the Israelites show us why it's a good idea to choose to selectively hear the voice of God over our lives. So let's get back to listening and focusing on our relationship with our Heavenly Father. Let's engage with His Word, because unlike anything else, right there in the words of those Scripture, that's where you'll start to hear God. The Bible, so much that the voices in our head are impacted by our focus on God. Engage with it. Selectively listen to God first. A guy that I came across, it was very interesting. I really loved his quote. And then I looked into who the person was. This guy called David D. Dinataris. I don't know if you've heard of him. I hadn't before this. Apparently, he's a motivational speaker, a world-class athlete, and an author. And usually, quite often, sometimes that goes hand in hand. They do something really well in the sports. They motivate, speak people, and become a book writer. He's done all those things. But he once said, our focus is our future, and what we focus on will multiply in our life. What David is talking about is focus. And David understands that our focus informs our future, right? What we're focused on will be a part of our future. And that our central focus, whatever we are focused on and taking forward in our life, is what will then grow within our life. What was it, hit me was when I looked into who David was. The other thing about David is that David's blind, Focus is not determined on seeing. It's much deeper than that. And it comes down to where we position ourselves and what choices we make. We don't always see how God is working in our lives, do we? We may not always see it. However, if we want our future to be securing God, then we still need to maintain and remain focused on Him. And then we will see our relationship with Him multiply throughout our lives. There's other senses. God is speaking, are we listening? And in our character, in our other relationships, in the spaces that we exist within, we want to start selecting to hear from God first over all those moments. It's like the, the conscience. It's like how do you explain God and good choice and bad choice to a kid? It's like a sense of, you know devil and angel on the shoulder and that sense of conscience start selecting to hear from God today because God is speaking it's up to us to listen I won't bow down to idols I'll stand strong and worship you 
if it puts me through the fire, because things happen in life. It's not all peachy. I'll rejoice because you're there too. I won't be formed by feelings. I'll hold fast to what is true because if the cross brings transformation, you can hang me there with you. A song called Christ Be Magnified. Make Christ the highest importance in your life. Listen. Advance the position of Christ over your life right now. And we're going to listen to that song in a moment. And if you are recommitting to that today, you need to listen to those promptings in and within yourself. We're never without reorientating ourselves back to what Christ is calling us, where he's leading us, saying thank you and saying sorry. He wants to hear it. Or whether you're looking to make that commitment today for the first time and say, Jesus, you're my Lord and Saviour. I understand I haven't been listening to you, but I want, I want to begin to do that today. Then don't hold back. Either come forward today or talk to someone or talk to us and we can guide you through that process of what that looks like. But the Spirit will prompt. God is speaking, so be obedient. Don't be scared but be ready to act on the voice of God this morning.